Here goes, and welcome to the 96th episode of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house, and as always, please follow the show on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate everyone's support as we approach 100 episodes, and as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. Wagwan, bro. What's up, Woods? Good to be back for another week, mate. See, we're wearing some matching uh, Pacers jerseys today, so looking forward to kick it. Yeah, and we have two very special guests on the show today. These guys were just talking Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy over a can of three, and now they are proud hosts of the official Supercoach podcast of the NBL. They've built a cult following over the years and should be extremely proud of their achievements. One of them even has a hidden talent as an R&B crooner. We are joined by two of the three basketball blokes today, Brendan Boyd and Ben Russell. You would know them affectionately as Benny and Boydie, and it's a big throwback hoops welcome from Robbie and I to you, my brothers. Thanks very much, fellas. How are we going? I Not must bad. admit that long, long, um, long talked about. Yeah, look the the fact that it's the can or three is no longer in the intro song. I do enjoy writing that intro song every year, but we must concentrate as Bordy's just doing on our uh, refreshments as we're podcasting. So that still happens, but yeah, to be uh, trying to make super coach history is what we're about now. Thanks very much for having us. I know, I know, I know that guys, but I just wanted to show you that you know I've been listening for a while, man. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. And uh, first time, long time. Boydie, maybe I'll throw over to you, man. When I said mm-hmm. one of them has a hidden talent as an R&B crooner, what am I talking about, man? What am I talking about? <laughs> oh, you know, every now Well, I do sing all the intro songs, as you probably would have heard, and all our Banks' Captain song and everything like that. So, yes, I have been. In a, in a, in a past life, maybe I was uh, did sing in a couple of bands every now and then. So I think in one escapade with you, Woody, uh, up in Sydney earlier in the year, I did um, maybe have a couple of shandies and decided to break out in some boys of men i think oh, it was yeah. so. oh, put on yeah. a show i, I was I, I'm, the, ever since that happened woody the expectation for our intro song lyrics has gone right up there <laughs> ever since so uh, awesome. every problem is normally once i start you can't shut me up so i think you might have heard all three verses of that song that night so apologies <laughs> for that no it was terrific and catching up with you guys in sydney was great and building that bond um it just shows our community just you know sticks together and has each other's back so it's been really great to know you guys over the last little period so really appreciate you having really appreciate you guys coming on the show today um benny as you know we'll start with you benny and i'll come to you boydie if you come on throwback hoops you know we're all about that throwback you know you know <laughs> what nice jersey do you have we're going to open up crack crack open a classic pack later on in the show so you've got to come on the show and wear a jersey. So, Absolutely. Benny, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're rocking today and what it means to you? Yeah. Well, I noticed uh, robbing this one about a year ago. So hopefully 12 months, you know, that's a, a long enough break in between jerseys. But I'm in the, in the Lamello, the, the number one there. The Lamello, um, I've got the City Edition as well. I call this one the Stretch Edition just because it doesn't fit me because it was uh, from the pre-COVID days. And a um, bit of story about this one that kind of... Um, reminds me of uh, as road tripping with uh, my co-host Boydie here uh, in our very short-lived Phoenix Blokes podcast and I'll, I'll take this opportunity to, to the one person that actually reached out to us when we stopped that, Maddie Benici, if you're out there and watching, uh, I appreciate you forever but obviously Lamello Ball, he's a fantasy basketball cult hero that back-to-back triple-doubles that was uh, in fantasy folklore now. Um, and of course, it's all about the, the three Bs, uh, the big ball brand. But 
turned out to be Benny Banksy and Bodie, the basketball blokes in the end. So, uh, yeah, all about Lamello. And, uh, of course, uh, being from Wollongong, I hope to talk about that, uh, that trip a little bit later on as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. Looking forward to it, Benny. Um, and you got a Rockets hat on there, so, you know, tell us a little bit about that and your, your fandom for the Houston Rockets. I think we can get into it a bit later, but, you know, let's unpack that a bit. Uh, probably one of the, the worst decisions I think I've ever made. No. <laughs> um, uh, look, my, just very briefly, um, it used to be really hard to, to follow uh, an NBA team. Um, wasn't as easy as it was, it was now. I followed Shaq, and that turned into T-Mac for Orlando. And then um, just followed McGrady over to Houston and follow all the Houston sporting teams now, which has been very unsuccessful. Um, thankfully, I've got my man Bordy here, though, uh, to, and his teams that are probably worse than mine collectively. So thank you for that. <laughs> so, well, it's a good segue then, Benny. Bordy, why don't we go over to you, man? What you got on there? Nice. Well, after his game uh, last week, I had to go with uh, Big Willie Magne's top, obviously. 20 points, 13 rebounds in his kind of first couple of games back, I guess. So a 50 super coach point game uh, last weekend, if you don't mind as well. So I had to to wear my Big Willie uh, jersey. Sometimes it's it's good to have a Big Willie on, you know. Okay. Two-way Magne and four blocks as well in 16 minutes. I want to talk about that a bit later, so we'll we'll unpack that oh, later on in the show, Boydie, for sure. That's it. I, I, I wore it because we, we, I knew we'd talk about it later, so that's good. Word, word. All right, Robbie, man, my brother, I know you paid homage to the boys <coughs> today and, and their two teams, so why don't you take the audience a little bit uh, through what you got with the, for, for us today, man? Yeah. I thought it would only be fair to sort of rock um, jerseys in honour of the boys today. So a um, couple of old school ones. Um, maybe I'll talk a little bit about the one hanging behind me. Sure you probably thing. just see it there, but it's a 90s Robert Horry champion Rockets jersey. So, yeah, I was a big fan of Mr. Horry back in the day. Um, I won't do my full normal spiel. I do was where I carry on for five minutes, but look, a little bit about um, Robert Horry. So he's absolutely one of the most winning players of all time. Um, he's got seven rings, which is only behind a handful of those Celtics legends back in the 60s there. So obviously got one more than um, than Pippen and Jordan. Um, he was actually the, also the first player, so the, the boys will like this in terms of fantasy aspect there. So first player to ever accumulate 100 plus steals, blocks and threes in one season. So that was pretty good that he could sort of, you know, fill up nice. the box score doing those things there. And, um, and honestly, despite not a lot of personal accolades. Um, he's someone that has been in that Hall of Fame um, discussion since he retired, yep. just given his, you know, his seven championships. So, um, currently 53, he coaches his son's AAU team in LA, so that's a little bit on Hori there. Um, I'll quickly stand up can and I show you the one. Can I jump in? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I remember, you know, I remember Robbie Hori, Robbie Hori about, I, I can't even remember the ad or whatever it is. You know how, like, ESPN plays ads, like, non-stop, whatever sport you're watching, really, but there was, like, a clip and it was from one of the finals games. I think he hit the game winner, and, and it was like, Robert Ori, Robert Ori, Robert Ori. It's like classic. <laughs> Well, yeah, certainly would have got a game, a game winner. He did lots of those, didn't he? Um, I remember a, a dunk he did as well. Yeah. He used to be on NBA Action where he dunked it and the ball went up like, you know, 10 feet high up in the air. And while he was hanging on the ring, and when it came down, he dunked it in and they waved it off. But I think it still made the top 10 plays. But um, um, look, I'll stand up and, and show you the Pacers one I'm rocking. So it's a bad boy of the Pacers uh, and a bit of an old school one as well. And for all our audio listeners who oh. can see, Robbie is rob- rocking the Ron Artest, a.k.a. Uh, yeah, Meta World Peace like jersey, man. That's uh, a lovely really jersey, this one, isn't it? Both of us, didn't you? That's it, I really did. Um, obviously, was... obviously, you're punching bags out of camera view as well? Or... <laughs> well, that, there's some interesting stories we could tell about him, but I think one thing for me, um, you know, obviously he gets 
probably the the malice in the palace and all those things will you know people will always remember that about him but i love the career that he carved out there um those early days when he actually was named ron artest you know back when he was with the bulls and then obviously the paces there um first of all this jersey in woods you know i love those old nike uh rewind jerseys that were called so probably my favorite brand of jerseys um this one was huge for me when i got it and um eating a few pies over the years and it actually fits really well now which is good so um and look just a little bit on ron artest um so, look, he's got a pretty good um, resume, to be honest. So he won a ring, of course, in 2010. Um, he's also a one-time All-Star, one-time Defensive Player of the Year, and also a one-time All-NBA player. So pretty good to have that on his resume there. Um, still only 44 years of age. Feels like he should be a bit older than that. Um, he's actually involved in a number of businesses. Um, from all the reports, he seems to be in a good place these days. So maybe I'll throw it to you guys what your thoughts were on, um, on Mr. Artest. I remember him because, you know, in the end, he was almost like a defensive specialist. And, and But I remember in the early days, like, he actually had a fairly decent offensive game as well. Like, I think especially at the paces, he used to score pretty well back in the day. And then it was kind of after all the Malice in the Palace and all that junk, he sort of kind of almost got uh, typecast as that defensive stopper. He was always good defensively, but I remember he had a bit more of an offensive game prior to that. Mm. For me, it's just good to see, like you say, that he's actually doing well because it was a great concern that he was not quite meant, potentially all there at all times. Yeah. Uh, maybe that uh, white line fever when he's uh, on the court as well. So He was the um, second coming of Dennis Rodman, wasn't he, really? Kind of, almost. He's definitely an enforcer. Um, but, yeah, uh, I enjoyed his brief time at the Rockets as well. So. I actually re-watched a little bit of the Malice at the Palace today just to set the mood there. Firstly, I couldn't believe how grainy the, f- the footage looked, obviously, before, you know, the HD days. It looked so bad. I showed my daughter. She's like, that looks so old. And I remember actually watching that, um, like watching it live on ESPN. It was a Saturday. And I remember just watching that and my phone just blowing up. Everyone's like, are you watching this? But yeah, it's something that I think we'll always remember when it comes to run our test. But yeah, still had a, a pretty uh, solid career for sure. What about yourself, Woods? What is uh, rocking a nice old school right, one man, as well? Right. Yeah. I am, You're still man. looking good with those red headphones as well. I'm liking those. Yeah. Thanks, man. I got the red hat as well. I got them for my birthday, boys. 40th birthday present. So, yeah. They, <laughs> these boys are seeing me with the old ones, right? Yeah? So. That's it. Absolutely. That's how <laughs> we first met you. <laughs> so, Woods the stand up rocking the very famous Pacers number 31, Reggie, Reggie Miller. So it's actually the same same sort of era jersey, isn't it, Woods? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Mine's the Adidas Hardwood yeah. Classic, which I really yeah. liked, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've got a four or five Pacers jerseys, but I thought, you know, um, with Boydie coming on the show, well, I don't know where, you know, the great man himself. So I'll just go through a few of his accolades, and Boydie, I'll just throw over to you, and you can give us your thoughts and, and your memories of Reggie. So he was the 11th overall pick in the first round of the 1987 NBA draft, five-time NBA All-Star, three-time All-NBA third-teamer. He made the NBA 75th anniversary team. He was in the 50-40-90 club in 1994. Um, USA male, ba- uh, male Athlete of the Year in 2002, All-FIBA World Cup first team in 1994. His number 31 is retired by the Indiana Pacers. His number 31 is also retired by the UCLA Bruins. I guess um, the Nick Killer, you know, that's, that's what I remember a lot about him. You know, he was known for taking those big shots and making those big shots uh, in clutch moments. So maybe um, being, being a Pacers lifer, Boydie, I'll throw over to you and and ask you what uh, he means to you and, and the kind of impact that he had on uh, Indiana basketball. Yeah, well, the number 31 might be uh, retired at the Pacers, but it's not retired uh, Tuesday night 
men's basketball at Frankston because uh, I still wear number 31 to this day um, due to Reggie. So he was kind of the got me really into basketball, I guess, um, back in the day. So if you guys remember, like, I'm, I'm nearly 40 as well, um, Woody, so I'm not far behind you, mate. And I remember back in the day, like, this is the 90s, and we used to get games, like, I, don't, I can't remember if they were full, even if they were full games. I don't think they were. I think they were, like, highlights almost um, nights on, like, Friday nights, maybe Thursday nights as well, up really late. So I used to record them on the VCR back in the day, and these kids nowadays wouldn't even understand the pain that is VCR and rewinding and fast-forwarding yep. and rah-rah-rah. Getting copied um, over, let alone. And I, I must have, like, the first couple of teams I watched were the Warriors and, and Orlando as well because the Shaq and Warriors had, like, Tim Hardaway Sr., back in those days. Um, and then, I, I don't know, I saw a Reggie game, and I don't even know if it was the you know the famous uh, eight seconds game or what, but um, I just, yep. that was that was it. Reggie was my man, and I was a Pacers man from that day, I guess, forward, um, and have been since that. So it would be 90s. I mean, I, I saw a game over there when I was 14, so that's what, how many years is that? 26 years ago, something like that, nearly. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been a long time. So um, obviously haven't had that much success as Benny alluded to in his uh, in his intro to his Houston uh, sporting teams. Um, the Pacers generally aren't that flash. Um, not going too badly to start off the year. But um, let's not get into what happened today, man. Wow, we'll be being yeah. Atlanta Hawks fans, man. <laughs> um, um, yeah. But yeah, they've always been. Obviously, they made that one final series, but um, didn't have the result we wanted. But um, did he live up um, to his sister, fellas? That's what I want to know. I was just about oh. to say, man, high pedigree in that family, right? With the, with <laughs> yeah, the, I know that's tough. You know, the two Millers. So um, both your jerseys are immortalised by great documentaries now as well. So <laughs> if anyone yeah. wants to check it out. By all means. Yeah, I think it's still said. I think it's said. I can't even remember in the book. I think Cheryl used to beat him constantly, like yep. all totally. the time. So totally. Um, so I mean, you can probably say that she's the better player. I would say. And obviously forged a really good career in the media since. So, you know, he's a very well-respected pundit since. So good to see he some is. of these legends stay involved in the game in some capacity, whether it be in, in coaching or working the media. So really nice to see that he's still... I'm kind of glad, you know, you know, a year or two, a couple of years after he retired, I remember there was like some calls for him to join one of the finals teams, um, you know, because in those days there was like big three teams coming on board. And I can't even remember. I think it might have even been the Celtics. The Celtics wanted to nab him when they had like... Garnett and Paul Pierce rah, rah, for another run at the finals and I'm, I'm kind of glad that Reggie didn't you know I kind of really liked that about him that he was a one team player and um, even though he didn't get success that all those years that he stuck through and you know yeah even though he was an LA kid you know he was used to being in a big city and he went to you know that you've seen you've obviously seen the ESPN documentary talks about like Indiana was like you know predominantly <laughs> country town almost really um what's well, a state sorry indianapolis is the city but um you know um this big town kid goes into you know country in the middle of nowhere sort of thing so it's um yeah, it was a good story i think all around and the other thing i can confirm fellas is that the other thing that body definitely takes after reggie is the yapping just the yapping <laughs> is constant so um yeah definitely a role model for body <laughs> so he does the number 30, 31 justice, which is terrific. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate you making the effort today. And um, to all our listeners, we'll put these jerseys up on um, X, uh, Instagram later on, so you can check them out. So let's get into some Q&A with the boys. What do you think, Robbie? Sounds good. Let's kick it. All right, guys. You ready to chop it up? Sounds good, man. All right. So... Good. 
What I want to ask you guys, uh, like we ask all our guests, is when did you fall in love with the game of basketball? And I was going to ask you, are there any players or teams you had an affinity with growing up? But I mean, I think we've already covered that. But when did yeah. you first fall in love with the game of basketball? That's a question to both of you. For me, yeah, it was, like I said, it was hard to follow. It would have been NBA before NBL, if I'm being honest. Like, um, NBL, I never actually attended a game. I probably first fell in love with the game of basketball playing at lunchtime at high school, to be honest. That that was it, and me and Boydie were part of a a very ordinary midweek C-grade team where he uh, helped us to a championship by injuring one of our players' ankle and we got a great <laughs> feeling player and uh, we got, got all the way to the championship. But, um, yeah, look, the NBL focus is... Um, you might appreciate this, Woody Banksy, our other co-host. Um, we work together and part of our... Uh, every payday, every second Thursday or whatever it was at the time, we'd uh, go buy uh, uh, some con- uh, some cognac, some Hennessy, and we'd oh, uh, yeah. sample yeah. some Hennessy Thanks, and... <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and watch taking some NBL action. That was the entertainment on the Thursday nights, whatever it was at the time. So that's kind of my relationship with it. But uh, I know Bordy plays it, has definitely played uh, at a better level than us. And I think he's been blocked by David Anderson at, down at the FDBA. I think that was his claim to fame in our very first podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I've been playing basketball since I was, yeah, I don't know, grade four or something along those lines. So. 30 years, um, and always, most of the time at Frankston, well, most years since then, I guess, um, and I fell in, I guess, Shaq was probably the big thing that got in, like, that early 90s, you know, when he drafted, it became kind of world news for a little while there, and obviously, MJ was around in those days and everything as well, but it sort of had that real boom in the early 90s, I I get the, if I remember rightly, and that's what I was saying about record. What you know, I was recording the highlight show, or they used to have the top ten countdown, or the whatever it was, NBA action every week, or whatever you know, all, all that sort of stuff. We did get those those shows once upon a time, um, and that's where it kind of went from there, I guess. And that's why I got into the Pacers, and and then kind of got into NBA fantasy as well. I remember year, year eleven or twelve, I was getting up in the morning and setting my fantasy team every morning on the old dial-up internet. The kids nowadays wouldn't understand the pain that is. Connecting a bloody, I don't know, must have been about a 25 foot long phone cord. I don't know, people don't won't even know what that is. Some of the people listening and watching today probably, but hey, this is throwbacks, um, man. It's that's right. it, Play, plugging it back into the, plugging it into the, ripping the phone out and plugging my damn um, computer modem thing and listening to those sounds and all that crap, you know, to um, set aside before I went off to school every day. So it's kind of, that was probably fantasy and. NBL wise, um, I remember in the nineties, like when it got big for a while, that Southeast Melbourne Magic, Melbourne Tigers rivalry, and it was pretty big. I was, I was pretty young then, so I don't remember going to any games. But I did. Um, I used to like. I think we had them on TV every now and, or at least highlight shows and that sort of stuff. So I did watch a little bit of that. Um, and then yeah, I think same as Benny kind of got into it. I think we used to do Wednesdays. I think they used to, for some some in the early two. 2010s, they started doing Wednesday night games for some reason. We were playing, we just started playing the, one of the fantasy games there and having dinner at Banksy's house and whatever and watching the games. So it's kind of, and it's kind of just taken off from there, I guess. Thanks, boys. And shout out to Banksy, man. We wish he could be here with us, but, you know, I know you're here in spirit, brother. Yeah, I know, I know Benny mentioned him and the, the, the famous uh, grand final that we won, um, care of uh, maybe my questionable doctor antics. 
Um, I've, I can't speak too much about that ESPN are thinking about doing a 30 for 30 on that one. So um, we're um, just in contract negotiations at the moment. <laughs> Uh, I have to ask you, fellas, is that the first dial-up internet impersonation you've ever had on the Freefax <laughs> It might be. It wasn't bad, though. Yeah. Okay. See, this is why, this is why we've got Boydie on the pod, for sure. <laughs> nice. Well, fellas, I wanted to ask as well, so, you know, Woody and myself have been friends for 20-plus years now. Um, certainly when we hear you guys on the Basketball Blokes podcast, it's very obvious to see that you guys have got a very tight bond and that you, the three of you are great friends. Um, maybe talk to us a little bit about how that friendship between the three of you started and, uh, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that i was the ring in boydy so do you want to start off mate yeah so banks you know i've known each other since a year eight or a year nine i think it was and we kind of just hit it off straight away i think i was pinching lifts home um in with his mum in the car like from school i think that's how it started and um just weaseled in getting free lifts halfway home and that was pretty much it and we've been best buds ever since then i guess so we're both each other's sort of best man and all that sort of stuff so um yeah i um uh first met both of these blokes they used to work together as well at like a discount rejects shop kind of store um that was my first job uh when i was 16 and i actually had the great boy uh for my first few shifts showing me how things are done and he's he was very professional i have to say um, it probably took until about the third shift where he showed me how to get the box cutter and just go just deep enough on the box so you just open up the packet of chips or whatever it is <laughs> so you can go write it off and then put it in the tea room. So, you know, he's always very professional. But, um, yeah, worked worked with them, um, met them when I was 16, uh, went to another job with Banksy and then ended up with an, in another job as uh, sitting on the, sitting a couple of desks across from Bordy again uh, some five years later or however it worked out. But, um, yeah, just uh, school and work, fellas. That's terrific. And the fact that you guys have stuck together over all the years and, and doing this together with uh, the Basketball Blokes podcast, is, it's awesome to see, right? So congratulations. i got to say, your subject matter is very niche. And because of that, your podcast focusing on NBL fantasy, it's been a resounding success. Uh, you have a specific target, target audience who've all come on board. And look, I'm part of your Discord um, chat, and, and you've created a great following and a community of listeners. How did the idea come about to launch the show, guys? Uh, thanks very much for your support, uh, Woody. Mm. Um, look, the idea for the show, look, and it is niche, uh, and I don't think I wanted it to be as niche when I, I was going for my... Uh, was it the walk of uh, enlightenment? Walk of enlightenment. That, that's I think mm. is what he's called. Enlightenment. Calling. Just just walking the dog. And like this has been something that we've been talking about. Like I think it's kind of a bit. You know, you get fed up at work. You want to do something else. Creative outlet. And I think it initially I, I wanted to do writing. I like I, I really enjoy writing about basketball. Writing about um, sport in general. Um, but. Uh, so come up with the name, like we'll, we'll call the Basketball Blokes, within the space of probably an hour on the group chat. We had the, the group chat renamed to the Basketball Blokes and we were we stuck with it. We got all the socials, got our Gmail account. And, we were, and then what was it about, uh, I don't know, uh, a week later that weekend, we were all three of us sitting around a laptop, uh, <laughs> literally, because uh, um, this is like six years ago, should I say, for some context and... Um, 
it's not as easy as the technology wasn't there to do this kind of stuff. Um, and we're sitting around a, a laptop just talking in using the actual microphone off the laptop and uploading to SoundCloud. And I don't even know if SoundCloud exists anymore, but uh, certainly expanded from then. And, and Bordy, I don't know um, how we survived given that we were praising Dan Trist as a uh, relevant uh, fantasy option at the time, talking about mm-hmm. how he's going to come in and play play a big role with Ty Wesley out. And that was our first ever podcast. And uh, somehow we've managed to survive all those years. And um, and it is, like you say, the, the support that we get. Um, but you, And you mentioned the success. that um, Look, being niche certainly does help. Um, and But the success is in the community. Like, it's good to have a podcast that sustains itself. But it's also on the fun things we get to do, like uh, my little Wollongong uh, top here, which is reflective of our, our road trip body. Do you want to talk? Because I think that is universally the best thing that we've got to experience. Do you want to talk about the uh, road trip a little bit? Yeah, I can talk about the road trip as well. Um, so earlier this year, Benny and – oh, Banksy as well. Benny and I went up a couple of days early and got to take in a Hawks game um, up in the Gong. Um and um, yeah, we had some reasonably good seats, maybe uh, yeah. we should say. And um, care of a very good contact of ours, Julian O'Brien. So um, he was yeah, so he was um, able to sort us out. So um, which was cool, um, very cool. And yeah, we um, we had a bit of a shout. Well, uh, Forty Adam Ford because they played Cairns. He he'd actually seen our social posts during the day where I was wearing a Cairns Taipans jersey. So. As soon as you guys talk about jerseys, I thought I'd better bring up that little tidbit because I, I wore my uh, Cairns jersey on the way up in the car and we did a couple of um, updates on the Instagrams or something. I don't know. Benny's all over this stuff. I just I just go with the flow. Um, and, um, yeah, and so Adam, Adam Ford told me to come over come over and have a, have a chat as well before the game. So I went and had a chat to 40, which is pretty cool because Benny and I both probably kind of got a bit man crushes on 40 we think he's a bit of bit of a good dude so um that was Love cool it. to have a chat to him as well so um you were talking about the niche part of it we didn't we didn't intend to, to be so niche we started off um as as the as our little slogan on our logo or whatever is uh, and at uh, the start you know all things aussie hoops and mbl fantasy so at the time i think the year we started there were some boomers games coming up which might have been world cup or Olympic qualifiers, something along those lines. So we, we look at the start. We tried to talk about everything, even Aussies in the NBA. We tried to talk about um, obviously the numbers of those as ballooned in those six years since we were doing it. I think back in those days, it might have only been Paddy and maybe Bainsey, maybe on oh, Joe. Um, so um, yeah, we we started off trying to be sort of everything, um, but we realised we kind of had that that, that niche and we. The fantasy aspect, um, we did get some listeners kind of straight away out of nowhere because we didn't really have listeners. Um, we like we just kind of put it out there, and I think we put it on socials, and somehow people got hold of it. And I mean, it's kind of one of those rags to riches without the riches, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, but, um, you know, we the, kind of um, we shouted out Liam Santa Maria one one podcast because he was he actually won the fantasy competition the first time yeah. we did it and then we get yeah, hit yeah, up on yeah. social media going oh thanks for the shout out boys i'm like liam's listening we've had him on for interviews every every year we're since, famous but, <laughs> you know that was that was cool for us but um look i don't think we're ever going to get yeah. invited back to the gong again though because that was the first game that uh 
Cairns defeated the Hawks in about 10 attempts, and uh, so we, we, we cursed them. But then we got to go to Sydney, which is where I wanted to get to with the story, which is a really cool thing. We get to the locker room, and in slightly older headphones, I see my man Woody out the back just rocking out. I'm not too sure what the beverage was at the time, but he went out the back, and I'm like, uh, went and introduced myself, and little did I know that uh, um, he just social i'll come over and join you so we had a couple of um couple of guys there that uh are regular listeners and um yeah it was a, a great night and i have to say this now like woody told us that rob is an encyclopedia and having met woody woody is an encyclopedia so as far as picking your niche <laughs> your guys product knowledge is insane uh, so uh congrats to you guys as well on picking your niche and uh, the success of the throwbacks pod I really appreciate it, guys. And it was a pleasure to meet you guys and, and build that bond, as I said earlier in the show. So I'm looking forward to having you in, in Sydney again. And when I'm in Melbourne next, we definitely got to arrange a time to, to you know, have a round two, right? In your neck of the woods, right? Yeah? I'll make okay. sure I'll book out the next day as well. Yeah, definitely. You have to do that when you're with Woods, for sure. <laughs> it was a long drive home from Sydney to Melbourne, I can show you. Okay, so speaking about that um, meeting in Sydney, we did have a good chat back then about how the NBL was starting to pay attention to you guys. You even mentioned there was a Zoom call where Larry Kesselman popped his head in a few years ago, but nothing actually fully eventuated from it. If we fast forward a few years, you're now the official Supercoach podcast of the NBL. You mentioned earlier, Benny, that writing was something you had a big passion about. Now you've got to you know, fulfill that uh, ambition to start writing. Um, tell us a little bit about that progression and how that eventuated and what, that res- what, what responsibilities that entails for you guys week to week. I might jump in, Benny, that's okay, because I guess, and Ben sort of alluded to it a little bit with the Liam Santa Maria thing, we kind of got, um, you know, through contact, through like tweets and that sort of stuff, um, you know, um, adding people and chatting to people and that sort of stuff, people like Tom Hirsch, um, uh, even um, Nathan Strempel, um, so well-known guys, we we kind of, we we just kind of got friendly, I guess, with them. and that it kind of went from there. So then that's that, the NBL kind of got on involved because those guys were obviously or still are very involved with the NBL. Um, that's how they kind of found out, I think, about us and what we were doing and et cetera, et cetera. And so, yeah, we've been in part, part of the process for things over the last couple of years. And I think that's where um, so, uh, Supercoach got hold of our details as well because obviously the plan was this year for NBL was not going to do their fantasy, their own fantasy. They were going to do have Supercoach yep. um, and only Supercoach. So I think that's where they kind of got us involved from there. And then it's kind of snowballed, I guess. Yeah, the um, meeting you mentioned with Larry, I think um, yep. we kind of became the public face for NBL fantasy or the public contact anyway. In the community. Yeah, so if there was any issues with it, and you can imagine during the COVID years and all sorts of stuff like that, there was plenty of issues that popped up with it um and we would be the contact and we had and the nbl marketing team was great and i always felt i don't know if you agree Bordy, but the marketing team guys saw the value in having a fantasy game and what it can add to um the competition but i just don't think that the level of investment was there at the time to be able to do what they wanted to do um so that was cool getting on the um that was through the marketing guys that we got to chat with larry um but like the, i think it just shows well, I think we've had people support us. Like they could have dropped us, really. Like we, they're starting this new Supercoach platform, and 
they could have just gone and done it themselves. Like they, they've got no obligations to us whatsoever. And yet there's been a couple of people, I think, vouch for us along the way. And not only do we get to be the official podcast, which is something like if you start, that was what the unbelievable dream was. Like it just wouldn't seem quite unrealistic, but um, to actually be part of building the platform and working with those guys and creating something from scratch and now um, doing the weekly articles and we, we all contribute to that. Um, we just said yes to everything, didn't we, Boydie? So it's one of those things that it is, uh, we just wanted to take the opportunity um, and we are grateful for it. And uh, look, it is down to the people that have supported us along the way that we have that chance. And it just gives us an excuse to catch up every single week. And um, like, I mean, uh, especially, uh, yeah, talk Talk fantasy, just talk everything though, to be honest, let's be honest. So um, it's been a a great thing that we've been able to do. And... That's great, guys. Robbie, I know you got a question about the new super coach, but before we go into that, what I want to outline here is us guys just doing this podcast, doing our podcast, it's opened up doors for us to see where you guys have gone. My co-host, Robbie, has been uh, offered the job as NBL1 commentator on the back of the work he's done here on the podcast. So being able to do things like this and opening up doors for us, it's been fantastic. Just guys who just wanted to do something for fun and then it taking off, it's really heartwarming to see what you guys have achieved. So... Once again, big congratulations and wish you nothing but success going forward. Right back at you. Uh, well said, Woods. And yeah, we wanted to ask you boys as well. You mentioned obviously the change in platform there. So Woody and I played the old NBL fantasy for years. I, I dominated him every year, of course, <laughs> yeah, Woods. On, man. Um, on, man. Yeah. So we wanted to ask, obviously, with the you know the change to Supercoach this year, um, what do you guys feel are the you know the pros and cons of the new platform there, if any? You want to go? Boy? Oh, look, where contractually obligated to only <laughs> stop it. positively perfect, right? yeah. stop it. Uh, NBL Supercoach game. Uh, no. No, there were um, some things that we didn't get across the line, for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you care to elaborate, Boyd, in your thoughts on those, mate? Is that way you get in trouble? All right, look, I'll, I'll go. He's, he's doing a lot better than me this year, so he's probably very, very happy with the game no, and how I it's going. Um, but for me, like there was like a six-man position that dropped off. That was mm. something we fought really hard for. But the biggest change, really, I think, was um, the scoring system as a whole. Now, um, you look uh, in the old fantasy format. If you played it, used to be really used to favour centres and people that could get rebounds, double doubles. That was that was the name of the game. Hundred um, yeah. percent. And now we've got a lot more guards. If you look just purely on average, that. Um, are up the top of the averages. That's, I guess, a broad-level picture. But if you look a bit, a little bit deeper, the top five points per minute players are all centre-eligible. So your JLA, Big Source, well, Will Magne, it's probably a little asterisk on there, but still, and both Bolden and Geordie Hunter are the top five in Supercoach points per minute. So it's just that with the, the way the game is played now that these... The big men are, are getting... There's a lot of small ball going around, you know? So um, we, I personally think it's a fair balance. It's struck a pretty good balance. And um, uh, hopefully we've been giving people decent advice. And Bordy's going very well, mate. So do you want to... Yep. What's your we did, we tactic did, spin? So we, well, we, did, we were part of the, the process about... like We were almost like a cross-check to make sure that the scoring was okay. Um, and then so we kind of pushed back on a couple of things. I think we got some changes across the line. Yeah, um, Kerov, um, and Benny's a bit humble here, but um, Benny did a lot of analysis work on the scores using our game logs that we keep, et cetera, from previous seasons. 
to see what the impact and the new scoring would be. Um, and yes, it took the focus away from those guys that would maybe just inch double doubles. I don't know if you if you guys were playing, you know, you would have thought about that. Thinking back, you know, that um, MVP no uh, year in fantasy where he was only getting like ten points and ten rebounds, but he was like the top or one of the top scorers in fantasy because of that. Um, Dan Pineau, I'm talking about. Um, even even the Bogut days, you know, because he would double double in about three minutes of court time, um, etc. Um, and it's nice and to see so Chris the, Golding the, get have a fifty guys after last yeah. game, you know, like well, that yeah, that, and that's, that's what this this yeah yeah that's it. And and even Cotton was probably um, you know arguably the best player in our league over the last you know, five years, six years, whatever. He was probably disadvantaged with the old. NBL fantasy scoring, I would say to a T, because of the missing, because of losing a point for every two field goals missed. Um, not so much for Cotton, but I mean, free throws missed was a, a negative as well. But um, so yeah, it kind of disadvantaged him a little bit. Stressful yeah, for us. That's it. Oh, so, um, <laughs> more stressful for me, guys. Yeah, see, you don't have that. And I think the goal with with the super coach as well is they wanted to get more people involved. Um, and, and they wanted to get people from their NRL and, and AFL and BBL um, uh, database, for lack of a better word. You know, those players that may, might not have played NBL fantasy because it's not on the Supercoach game, but they wanted them to play Supercoach in NBL. So they were Take trying to make it a little bit simpler, um, you know, because people might not... People new to the game, let's say, won't know that Xavier Cooks is, was a fairly average free throw shooter right so you wouldn't you you don't you sometimes you wouldn't get him because of that or what have you um so i think overall it's, i think it's been great i think the change has been good it's re- rejuvenated it a little bit um yes the old faithful might be a bit upset that it's probably not quite as technical as previous fantasy um versions i guess but uh, i mean this is the first year i think they might make amendments um yep. you know so I Which feel like crazy. it's ironed out. You know, a few gripes that Woody and I had about it over the years was it definitely favoured big guys. There was no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, I felt like you had to get the calculator out sometimes just to watch the game, and you, like you said, you know, losing points for field goals. Um, one thing yeah. that used to bug me all the time was that Bryce Cotton only had shooting guard eligibility. That used to always piss me off because he yeah. used to, ca- you know, handle the ball as much as <laughs> anyone. Right. You could only get him in as a shooting guard and not a point guard. So, yeah, I like the format now where it's guards and forwards. And yeah, maybe yeah. that six man option could be something they look into in the future. That would be cool as well. And look, we did speak a little bit about fantasy sports a bit earlier. I think, Voidy, you were talking about dial-up internet and logging on in the morning <laughs> to set your team. Robbie and I have been part of the same fantasy league now for nearly 20 years, right? Same league, and we, we play multiple comps, various different sports. Um, what's your experience with other fantasy sports outside of uh, um, playing NBL fantasy? I know you, you touched on it, Voidy, but Benny, maybe I'll throw over to you to start off with. Yeah, look, uh, I know Bordy's the commissioner of a few leagues, so I'll leave him yep. to talk about that. But yeah, by all means, uh, living in Melbourne, um, AFL fantasy in particular. And look, I did play Supercoach in our office leagues as well and things like that. So, um, But look, I really enjoyed the, the AFL fantasy podcast that was part of it and the yep. boys from Dream Team Talk. And actually, when we started off, being able to post articles on their website, I would say, was the thing that got us our initial following so um, always thankful to those guys uh, in the AFL fantasy realm but um, yeah look Banksy and I used to play an NBA stock exchange game Banksy even owned a website dedicated to it um, he was going to buy the platform from Roto at one point in time like he was just he's the fantasy head out of all of us but that being said 
Bordy and I are still in uh, an NFL fantasy league, and um, I know you have you're a commissioner of a couple of others, or at least one other that I know of, Bordy. Yeah, so we've got the AFL one, which is a stats-based one, the old Ultimate Footy, which has been taken over now as well. Um, categories, wasn't it? But yeah, so that was scoring in categories. Like uh, I did play an NBA one like that, and I think you you guys play an NBA one with categories, yeah. correct? Nine category, nine, yeah. nine category. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've I've played an AFL one that I think was about twelve years deep. I think we are now something along those lines. Benny did used to play, but then he gave it away. He needed more time to focus on his NBL fantasy. <laughs> Fair enough. Us. Uh, so if you guys um, play, nine but yeah, and I play leagues, the NFL one too. Like if you guys play like category leagues in the NBA, I'd really love to know like how far you guys. But we really want to push for at least daily game day super coach to be available next year. Just makes sense if your fantasy team season long team is struggling, you still just put in a team. I might even watch this game just because I've got one right. Um, but. Sure. I really love the concept of a draft. The draft is a fantastic element of um, fantasy sports. Uh, you guys obviously both do them. You've got a long-running league. Are we going to get to that spot in the NBL? Could, could we do one now, or or do we need expansion? I'd love to know your, your guys' thoughts. Yeah, maybe I'll answer that one first, Woods. I, I'd love to see that, to be honest. Um, you know, I do, I've done an English Premier League um, fantasy comp for years, and I find with a lot of these comps without the draft, all the teams just end up with the same players at the end of the season. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll find that a little bit in NBL. Maybe I think NBL with the doubles and everything, it does make people change the teams more. But using that Premier League thing, for an example, pretty much, you know, you have three quarters of the team, everyone will have the same, and it gets a little bit, you know, it's a little bit boring in a way like that. So I'd love to see the, you know, the draft, you know, Who's going to get number one pick? You know, is it going to be Bryce Cotton that goes? Is it going to be JLA? You know, those sort of things like that. So you that pick would a be center? cool. You know, only one player would be yeah. owned. Yeah, yeah, no, true. So yeah, I'd like to see that option at least. You know, you maybe they could play that as an expert type thing, but also play the current format. So, what are your thoughts on that, Woods? Yeah, I think um, we chatted about this offline, Benny. It's about the the amount of players we have in the league. If you do say ten teams, eight te- eight, eight players per team. Once you get to the 80th player, you know, you, you're looking at who you're going to get as your center, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you might get, uh, you know, Dane Pannona, who's basically, you know, the kind of thing. You yeah. probably need a little bit more. You probably need 12 teams, 12 players, a team that gives you a pool of, my maths isn't too good, 144 players. That's probably in a place About where right. we can go down that route, right, guys? Yeah. yeah. Um, look, one thing I've got to actually bring up here is, and, and, and uh, Jacinta, a really good friend of ours, and, and yeah. the show host of Shooting the Breeze podcast, she's always talked to me, Woody, man, we need to have a WNBL super coach, right? Because there's a WBBL super coach. We love supporting the, the WNBL. I was just watching it before I jumped on here. And to really get some, uh, you know, um, more, um, you know, eyes on the league, I think that is something that I think we can probably go, go and look at, look at expanding into first, right? So what are your yep. thoughts on that, guys? Yeah. Well, I know that, um, look, I'm talking AFL again. Um, before they officially made it a competition as part of their platform this year on the AFL fantasy perspective, I know that uh, they have a, a prior winner who literally built a platform himself to play AFL W fantasy. Um, I don't think we're going to have that someone to come in and do that, but, look, it would be... We, t- we like to brag about the NBL as being one of the best leagues in the world. The WNBL is legit, like the second best league in the world, is it not? Like, um, the quality is fantastic. And um, I'm like, I've got two daughters myself. So, um, 
I would definitely be uh, be playing that. It's one of those things that you have just straight fantasy players out there, and they will then watch the game purely because they have a fantasy team and take interest. So um, it cannot hurt. Yeah. Squin, I know you'll be listening to this, so you know, get your contacts at Basketball Australia and, and, and talk <laughs> to them, and I know the, the basketball blokes will be on board, right? Hey, Woods, remember That's I played it. the WNBA fantasy uh, this year. I just jumped we, we on might that need a host. A lot of interest in that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right, guys, so th- thanks for jo- jumping on this week. Obviously, a big part of you being able to have the time to jump on this week is because there was a fever break. And I've been Absolutely. waiting for your episode to come out, so it's going to come out next week, I presume, before, before the, the resumption of, of play, right? Is, is it a majority rules, Boydie, that if we go opt for the Sunday deck session to record, I think mm. that, that's, uh, that might, be, there might be the option. Look, it's typically get an article out and do everything straight away on the, on the Monday as soon as the game unlocks, but... Uh, Look, if we've got the weekend available to us, we'll probably record on the Sunday and it'll, and it'll drop on the Monday for sure. Right. So looking forward to that, guys. So normally we'd preview the round that is about to follow. But what I'm going to do is go back and, and look back on the round that just, just went and, and throw it to you guys and uh, get your thoughts on a few things. So let's start off with that. the first game of, of round eight, which is Tasmania versus New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand winning 97 to 92, which you would say is an, a bit of an upset victory. Maybe I'll throw it over to you, Boydie. From a fantasy impact point of view, I want you to talk to me a little bit about the impact that that uh, Magne had and uh, um, what implications is that uh, with with people owning someone like Marcus Lee, right? Yeah, well, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, and the reason why I wore the uh, jersey today, Magne had that huge game um, in in this game. So I think what was it, 20 points, 13. Rebounds, a couple of blocks you mentioned as well. He just was all over it. He was everywhere, and it just looked like the he was the Will Magnay that we have all sort of wished for um, over the last I don't know since he came back from his little stint in the NBA or whatever. Um, so what three years I think it is something along those lines. So um, he was dominant, but every, everyone forgets though that Lamb was probably pretty dominant on the other side of the court as well. So I think he had forty seven Super Coach points as well. Um, in that game, off the top of my head, my um, my computer's not working that flash while we're on here, unfortunately, so I can't get anything uh, concrete up. But um, still, only yeah, like short, a small amount of minutes, right, for Magnate to do that. So what we want it was yep. Super Coach and like what you're talking about. How are they going to play Lee and Magnate together? Like he produced, and but it was still in a very short amount of minutes. So we want to see those minutes going up. I think. Yeah, and that's and that's one big red flag we've always kind of said about that. Um, there, like if one's playing, the other's not. They're not going to be playing on the court at the same time. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a super coach wasteland there. You don't want to be taking the punt on. Um, yeah, I think either one still at the moment. I mean, plenty of people are jumping on the man, Magna bandwagon from what we tell, what we hear. And I think uh, at the moment he's one of the most traded in players for the week. So obviously everyone's loving it. Um, and he is fairly cheap. So well, he's cheap-ish. I wouldn't say he's super cheap, but um, yeah. He's good value. One to watch. Shame about uh, Will McDowell-Whitefellas as well. Yep. Like, I don't know. Mm. Has that come out for six mm. weeks, has it? Yep. Yep, something along those lines with the hand. Look, I think we'll get into New Zealand a little bit later when I go to the to the second game of the round. We can unpack that a little bit further, Benny. Sure. I might move on to you, Robbie. Your Wildcats are back, brother. You know, you know the Red yeah. Army's a bit quiet now, man. So, uh, 
Give me some Doolittle love, bro. Give me some Doolittle love, man. Well, first it was I told you Doolittle was the was a keeper, right? I, I told you that, right? You can't you can't prove otherwise. Um, but no, nah, I mean, look, I thought this game was a little bit ugly, to be honest. Um, you know, Wildcats did what they needed to do. Um, yeah, I just like the spread. You know, in terms of if we're looking from a um, super coach perspective, we saw. Um, Ben Henschel actually get on for one minute. I don't think he got a stat, though. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously Cotton put up some pretty big numbers. Loving what Hiram Harris is doing. He's one of those guys that's sort of filling up the stat sheet. Doesn't get a lot of shot attempts, but, you know, does all the dirty work and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I think Cotton's probably the story, though, isn't it? He's, you know, 25 points in, in this game. Um, he's just been killing it the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I'm not sure if this FIBA break's the best thing for the Wildcats, um, you know, on this break. But, you know, maybe they'll get a, a little bit of rest into some of the guys and they'll come out firing and, and knock off your Kings next week. That's going to be a good game, man. It's going to be a good game. All right, let's move on. Southeast Melbourne versus Adelaide. Boys, being no, fans. Not, we're not talking about this. Right? We're out. Let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, it seems like a few steps forward and then a few steps back, you know, for SEM. Yeah. So, I don't know. We're, we're, like a, we're a bit of a yo-yo. Like, we're up and down. We're yeah. kind of, we're not sure what, yeah, I don't know. It's kind Within of a bit, it was just a bit of a game. game. I mean, we were up by, well, that's it. We were up by 18 points, I think it was, in, near the start of the third quarter and end up losing by... Well, we were down by double figures almost at one stage, I think, um, and sort of fought back a little bit. So just a bit yuck. I mean, Sauce, big um, Sauce Williams got um, had some foul trouble. Um, Creaky probably didn't have his best game. The two import guards probably didn't play that flash either. Um, and Cummins was in a bit of foul trouble as well with that one, if I remember rightly. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a bit of a yuck game. But I was going to say, um, Robbie was talking up his man Doolittle. He's got, I reckon, he's got Mitch Creek to thank for that because I think Doolittle was average until Mitch Creek was in the commentary for a Perth game, probably two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and was talking Doolittle up like you know played with him, uh, played PR, against yeah. him, sorry, in the Puerto Rico um, league, not this season, just gone in our off season, the one before I think it was, um, and you know he's like this guy's like a 10 and 10 guy, rah, 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 can rebound, like one of the best rebounders for his size, blah, blah, blah. And then next minute, but he like, put a rocket up, do little and gladly because I've got him in my side. But um, he um, has been ripping it up, I guess, um, in the last couple of games. And he's gone, he played some big minutes too where he was, it was kind of looking like, you know, maybe this wasn't the best signing in the world after the first couple of games, was it? So. On that Southeast Melbourne Adelaide game, just a couple of real bizarro world things. It's the second game in a row that someone's tried to assault Toby Smith Milner. We had uh, Gary Brown punch him in the guts after Magne oh. went, went in the, the game before. So, yep. um, and Daniel Johnson. That was the weirdest thing I've ever. Like I was happy with the ovation the 36ers fans gave him. You know that was that was good to see. And in the first half, Boydie's sending me a message. Look, I'm like, how we can stretch the floor? This is not. This is something different. And then. Yeah, it obviously didn't uh, pan out for us, but that was bizarro world stuff, seeing Daniel Johnson uh, not playing for the 36ers. Definitely. And a shout-out to CJ Bruton and the Adelaide 36ers. After being much maligned at the start of the season, they have turned it around nicely here, and they're competitive. So shout-out to them, right? All right, let's move on to this Cairns and Tasmania game. What I want to speak about a little, little bit is, I know you guys are big fans of 40. Um, Cairns is my second team. A lot of people's second team, right? <laughs> there are two... Hail Marys away from being six and four, but they're four and six. You know, Tyler Harvey jacking that one up, and then obviously um, McVeigh doing the same thing, right? So they're a bit unlucky. They're 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 a strong team, well coached. Um, they've got to be a bit unlucky to be where they are. I feel. What do you think? 
I agree. Like, they get, obviously, players back, and then Bobby Clintman plays eight minutes, and the hip's not quite right, you know? They just haven't had that run at it yet either. Um, And interestingly enough, on those buzzer beaters, both shots were over Sam Wardenberg. So we put put together a little video, I'm like, oh, poor Sam. And then someone posts a video from the NCAA tournament um, on this in the year where Loyola went to the final four, and in round one, they won on a buzzer beater over Sam Wardenberg for playing for Miami as well. So poor Sam, he's a, he's had a rough go at it. He's uh, he was not too happy about uh, happy about it. But look, I, I still like I'm, they're my second favourite team as well. Um, look, I, I think that they are still a play in contender for sure. Um, but yeah, from from a super coach perspective, um, they've got a great schedule, so we have to be looking at them for sure. I mean, Sam Wardenberg's one guy I want to talk about. He's been really disappointing for me this season. After his great rookie year, um, he's just fallen in love with that three-point shot. He's not shooting it at a very great clip. What made him really good last year, and maybe Robbie I'll throw over to you, is his ability to put the ball on the floor and actually attack the rim and, and score from the paint, you know? Um, and we've seen a lot less of that this year, and... Uh, um, that's really affected the Taipans' ability to take their game to the next level. Would you agree? Yeah, I think you're right. He certainly hasn't, you know, given what we were maybe expecting from him. Probably maybe some second-year blues, I'm not sure. Um, and it has been a tough schedule for Cairns. I'm, I'm not sure why teams are probably putting their hand up to do these NBA preseason games when it's like round three of the NBL. It just seems a strange thing to do. But I'm sure he'll find his way there, Woods. Um, I think it's just the continuity with these guys as well, sort of playing together. They've had a lot of people in and out of the lineup, So... Hopefully he can find a bit more of that game from last year. Maybe, you know, start off getting to the basket a bit because he does have a good shot. He's just not really getting him to fall at the moment. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. A couple of buzzer beaters away from having a lot better record. So um, a lot of games coming up for him. So hopefully they can turn it around. All right. So Brisbane versus Perth, man. Over to you. Back to you, Perth. Uh, back to you, Robbie. Perth, uh, hard fought. Hard fought win, man. This wasn't a this wasn't a this wasn't a fun game to watch. It was very ugly, yeah, right? But they managed was, to get it, the W, right? You know it was an ugly game. It felt like Perth just stole this one. I don't know what the um, time in front was for Brisbane, but it felt like a lot of the game there. Um, yeah, I was pleased just to get out of there um, with that W after Brisbane knocked us off earlier in the season. So um, yeah, it's great seeing all those um, green Ws underneath the Wildcats. I'm enjoying that. Yeah. And boys, Brisbane finding it difficult to execute down the stretch. We saw that against Sydney the week before, right? We find, f- found the same thing happening here um, against Perth. Um, they're really close to being good. I think Shannon Scott's going to make a huge difference being that leader, right? But uh, talk to me a little bit about Brisbane. Yeah. Bordy, I know yeah, I mean, this is the first game where they've looked a bit super coach. Yeah. But, yeah, talk about it in a real-life basketball perspective for Sovi. I think that's an issue. Oh, look, even but the last game in Supercoach, he was no good as well. I think, yeah, 15 or something like that. So, playing a bit of hero ball. I think this is the first game where, um, obviously, Brisbane have been beatable at home. I think before that, they'd won every game, I think, at home this season. Um, um, and But they just, like, you know, probably got Perth at the wrong time, I guess. Perth are running hot at the moment, and... They really, you know, as you said, without Shannon Scott sort of running the floor yep. there, which I think he's been really important to them. Yeah. Um, and him out for the extended period has really cost them a little bit. I think they've gone downhill, obviously, since he um, has been out. Um, so um, they need him back as quickly as possible. There's, awesome. uh, one positive was um, Chris Smith's game. Obviously, can shoot the ball. Um, in preseason, was doing it magnificently. And this 
is uh, the first his best game of the season, I'd say, in the season proper. So hopefully when uh, they get Scott back, they'll all be able to put it together and go start going on another run. Yeah, that jump shot is wet, man. Agree. It's a nice-looking shot, isn't it? Chris Smith. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I know you'd, you'd, you'd like that and appreciate that, Robbie. From one ugly game to another ugly game, 69 to 65. I think uh, we'll, we'll get to the Melbourne-Sydney game, but I think Melbourne might have put on as many points as New Zealand in the second half of the, of the Melbourne-Sydney game. So let's talk, I want to go over to the, to the blokes, right? Having Coach Tatum come in and take over from our good friend Jacob Jacomis, been tough for JJ, but Justin Tatum comes in, puts his ideologies and thoughts on, on the rotations. What kind of impact has this got on fantasy, having a new coach coming in for Illawarra? And super coach, yeah. It was look. It is kind of a disaster if I'm if I'm yeah. from a super coach. Obviously, new coach bounce. That's great, and I, mean, I think it was the JJ podcast where Robbie had his uh, ball jersey on a year ago as well. So um, very topical yeah. for me to wear this one as well. But um, <laughs> he played all twelve guys. We saw Bawali get like really good run. Um, mm. So. What we want really in Supercoach is a condensed, that shortened roster that the Wildcats have been going with of late. That's kind of what we want to see. Now, whether or not um, that like uh, Tatum's given them all a run to start off with, and all right, you've got to earn your minutes from now on. Here's game one. Let's see how we go from there. Nothing's guaranteed. You've, everything's got to be proven. And then it might get wound back from there. It, it's uh, something that we need to see. But they have the worst schedule from a yeah. super coach perspective, anyway, so we don't really need to look at them too much. But that's uh, my until the last until the last three or four rounds, which are all finals rounds, where they have the best schedule in that last the last four rounds. So you kind of have to keep your keep one eye on the Hawks because you're probably going to need one, maybe two, maybe three um, come finals time. Um, or sorry, super coach finals time down the track, at least, or even the finish of the season. So. Um, I think the main takeaway for the first game is just Froling's playing mass, you know, big minutes. Froling, the big four guys for them, Froling, Clark, um, J-Rob, and... Um, Harvey. Harvey, yep, sorry, lost his name. Um, they all played, like, significant minutes, and the rest was kind of like throw a blanket over them, and, which is hard because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you might want to chuck one of their cheaper guys on the bench for the, that run of finals. The game's near the end where they have I think they've got seven games in four weeks or something along those lines so um, yeah it's a bit of an enigma at the moment um, but as Benny said hopefully it was just you know one game um, and they go from there the, the, I guess the worst one from it was Greta had lost he, he was playing big minutes and he only yeah, played about five or six that, yeah. I think off the top of my head so um, he was probably the main loser. Obviously, everyone was hoping for uh, Lockie Ulbrick to play a few more minutes. I think he played 12 or over 12, but so did Pete Link. So those two there, I don't think there's any sort of... Um, there's, a, there's not one over the other. I think they're both going to get minutes. And you know, so. And Benny, quickly before we move on, uh, New Zealand, yes, you mentioned William McDowell-White injury out for a while. I think him and Zylan Cheatham are not going to be back till the end of the year. So... New Zealand really rely heavily on these guys, uh, Lamb and, and the law firm, as Robbie likes to call him, Parker, Jackson, Cartwright, um, and there's pretty much nothing else after them. So from a, from a basketball perspective, right, they need some, something more from the Findelanis of the world, you know, to contribute. And from a fantasy perspective, those two are obviously going to be bankers going forward, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Even if the schedule drops off, um, look, we'd like to follow the schedule, but particularly this week as trade targets the law firm and the lamb, um, great combination in New Zealand. So uh, get on board. Yep, cool. And finally, I don't really want to talk about this, Robbie. I'll throw it over to you. <laughs> Melbourne versus Sydney. Uh, I know you had a few choice words about Jalen Adams, so talk to me, man. This might be controversial, Woods, and I'll probably have to eat my words if he ends up firing up, but um, overrated. Jalen Adams, overrated. That's all i got to say. Yep. Yep. And Chris Goulding, oh. guys, I mean, all this talk, MVP, is, 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 there, is there some credence in that? It changes every week. Um, yep. it, it was Jalen and then Alan Williams, then JLA, then Chris Golding. And look, I mean, if you had to stop it today, um, based on the record, JLA hasn't played enough games for United. It would be probably CG43 that would, um, that would get the prize. But how that pans out later on in the season, um, I mean, it, look, it's, it's just... As a South East Melbourne fan, it's hard to say because he always tortures us, but, um, and he's been doing it for years and he flops and he's really frustrating to watch as a non-United supporter, but uh, uh, you have to give him credit, fellas, surely. Like, um, he's, I was watching um, Rose Gold and when you see him in the, in the Boomers colours and I'm like, oh, he might be actually a bit likeable, but uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say, but he's uh, he's killing it right now. Yeah, I don't think. I think he's had a couple of down games as well, though. So I, I would say no at this stage myself. But um, I think. I mean, if you, if the season stopped today, he'd be probably up there. But he's. I think he's a bit one dimensional. Hundred percent. I was going to um, say that. You know. Yeah. So he doesn't. I'm not sure. He. I mean, he's probably lucky. He plays on the best, if not second best, defensive team in the league this year, um, you know, because they all help each other and it helps when you've got Dally or Jay Ely to throw at the best backcourt player on the other team every week as well, you know. So, um, yeah, I think he's doing he's doing pretty well and he's played some games. I'm not sure if he's put it all together, but then then again, I don't know who... There's, I'm not, standouts-wise, I'm not sure there's anyone uh, really, you know, really odds-on. Um, so he might if I stop now. I reckon Cotton's bobbling Cotton, away though. I Cotton. think he's turned he's, he's turned the tide, and he I does. think he we're does. um yep. we've we've got and I, I'm I'm peeved because I I nearly used the boost in Supercoach to bring him in round before this one, um and I didn't and he and I kept Miller who obviously was out with that injury and so yeah it's just it's put me a ton it's I've lost about 150 ranking positions in two weeks unfortunately but if i had cotton uh, for both those weeks i probably would have been making ground so but, and just yeah. quickly before we move on coach vickerman really out coached coach mahmoud abdul fatea i thought right you know um in that second half um he must have spoken to to the team at halftime and come out um they came out with energy um we we didn't call i mean sydney when i say we didn't take timeouts at opportune times to stop the momentum mm-hmm. right Interesting, you say that halftime speech because I'm I'm told that Dally actually took the halftime yeah. um, speech in the Melbourne change rooms, um, and uh, yeah, not very happy Dally apparently. Well, I mean, there's a coach on the floor, right? You know, a coach is part of that um, locker room. So whatever happened there, uh, I think um, 
Sydney needs to look at it because uh, this uh, likely final series. I'm hoping anyway. Hey Woods, are you, an- are you angry about that overrated yeah. comment, Woods, or are you you okay with me saying that? Or look, I'm, this is what this, this is what this guy said to me. He texted me, said Doolittle is the worst import in the league. Right? I was in a I was, in a, a, I was in a filthy mood that night. Yeah. All right, and I didn't say anything at the time. All right, but now I'm like. You know, remember what you said, you know, so I'm just going to just keep quiet now and wait for him, that former MVP, to, to prove you wrong. So just you wait, man. Oh, He's going to step up. He's going to yeah. step up. Your, 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 guys, um, D, your, your guys' DMs or group chats or whatever is, is, is um, rowdy as ours does get at certain times as well, I Definitely. see. So that's good to hear. Um, the J, Jay out, excuse me, Jay Adams, sorry, um, with Robbie's bringing him up. I feel like I just watch him every week still because I know, you know, Sydney have got a pretty good schedule coming up. And I've been watching him. He just feels like he's like in first gear. He's not Cruise even controlled. Really Cruise even controlled. Shit, yeah. to be honest. You're not allowed to say that on your podcast. You can. You can. Use it you, can. Like you can beat me out. Um, yeah. yeah, he kind of like just looks like he's cruising. And I, I, is, is that because he's like so bloody fast that when he's just walking, That's he looks just- like he's. That's his, running, his, but, that's his, that's his demeanour, right? You know, and yeah, he's it is, like yeah. almost in, in, in uh, you know, first gear. And when he wants to put it on, he can. And we've seen him do that. We saw that in the fourth quarter of that Brisbane game when we needed him to step up. Yeah. He did that. So I think let's just wait and see. Um, Liam said it many times that import that has a great season and comes back for the second season sometimes has, you know, takes it a yeah. bit easy, right? So let's yeah. just see how that it plays out. Anyway, guys, I want to move on. I want to talk some NBA, right? We've got three NBA teams in... in, in uh, Focus here. I'm going to start off with some Hawks talk, right? Robbie, we lost to, to Boydie's Pacers today. No surprise, we're playing just under 500 ball at 6-7. and seven. So I want to just read you a little quote from the Bleacher Report from Greg Swartz, and I want you to comment on it. All right, Robbie? Yeah. Following a season in which they went 41-41 and 41 overall, the Hawks have begun the 23-24 campaign a perfect even 6-6 six, six as well. Well, 6-7 now. There's enough of a sample size here to know Atlanta should once again fall into the play-in tournament in the East. As a roster of Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and some high-quality role players can only carry the Hawks so far. If there was ever a team in need of a third star, this is it. Even after trading for Murray, the Hawks can still part ways with multiple first-round picks and have some intriguing young talent to offer as well. This could be a potential home for a player like Carl Anthony Towns, Pascal Siakam, OJ Anano- OG Ananobi, or Jeremy Grant at the deadline. Speak on it, man. We know I'd be happy getting the big cat because he's one of my favourite players. Um, look, I'm still keeping the faith. You know, I'm an optimistic Hawks fan. Um, you know, they've likewise, had a few. Likewise. Started off bad, then they went on a run. They're a little bit ordinary at the moment. I do like the depth they've got. Sometimes it can be that to their detriment, though, when they're possibly playing too many players. Um, loving what Bogdan Bogdanovich is doing this year. He's having an absolutely amazing season. Um, Probably expecting a little bit more from Onyeka Okongu. I think he's someone that can maybe step up um, and DeAndre Hunter. But I'm keeping keeping the faith. Um, I'm not a big fan of OG Ananobi or Jeremy Grant, if I'm being honest. I wouldn't really want to give up anything for that. Um, Pascal Siakam's an intriguing one. I know the Hawks have reportedly offered, I think, maybe DeAndre Hunter, a first-rounder, and... Um, and maybe AJ Griffin, so some sort of package like that. But again, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so you do want to give up three key pieces for someone that might walk out there. But um, I'm keeping the faith. Um, hopefully, they're you know we're going to be obviously seeing them next year. Hopefully, they're in some serious playoff contention more than playing contention. But yeah, I'm still confident. Yeah, likewise, man. Likewise, Boydie. Let's move on to your paces. 
Eight and five, you beat us today. What was the score, Robbie? 155 to something? 147 or something? About 200 to 190. Crazy game. Yeah, 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 150 plus. Um, 2,999, yeah. I love love the roster they've put together this year. One guy I want to highlight is Aaron Neesmith and the way he's developed his game. What do you think of what he's brought, brought to the table? Yeah, well, there's a bit of a question mark around him about how many, like how he fits and with Buddy Hill in there and Mathurin, they want to play more and obviously alongside Halliburton as well, how that was all going to work. There's like too many sort of backcourt guys. Um, but I think they've kind of got the mix kind of right at the moment. Um, I haven't been able to watch too many games, but I keep my eye on the scores um, as best I can. Um, but he's obviously talented I, I, and I... The side of me kind of thinks, uh, you know, Buddy's 35 or whatever he is now, but he's not that old. But um, it feels like it in our team because he's much older than most of them. Um, I'd like to see him get all the Buddy's minutes almost, but, uh, I mean, Buddy's still our fourth top scorer at the moment, um, average scorer. So I think he has to stay there. A um, little bit of worry about about the paces is just their appears to be a lack of defense. Um, every game seems to be like 130 points plus yeah, yeah, for both teams. Um, and it's all good to be an offensive team and ball out. I mean, they're exciting games when it's high scoring, but, um, you know, defense wins championships, as they say. But, I mean, we're a very young side and, and uh, we're just developing and getting that chemistry. Um, one person I, I'm really happy with a little bit of a turnaround is Miles Turner. So, yep, obviously, yep. countless seasons of maybe not uh, playing to potential to a degree and and also his name is always dragged through the trade rumors um and it always gives it always irks me because i really like him and i don't think players like him grow on trees like what is he like six foot ten shoots a three pretty well um shot blocker yeah um you know can can play like um i don't know why you would trade him i know the lakers were sniffing around last year and yep they're one of those teams that gives me it's pardon me, but um, um, yeah. So um, yeah, it's good to see him turn around. What's he averaging? Seventeen and seven rebounds or something along those lines. So um, a good little partner to run along with Halliburton, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Halliburton's leadership's been terrific. Just before we move on to Benny Robbie, I know you guys met Emily Robbie's daughter before we started recording. Emily's favorite player is Buddy Hill. Are you going to have to buy oh. a new jersey? For Emily, very soon. Is he going to be moved before the trade deadline? One thing I was thinking is he shouldn't have changed his number, but he was really good today. Um, that was probably yeah. his best game of the season. He hit um, two crucial threes in the last probably minute, 20 seconds there that really gave him the win there. But, um, yeah, look, I did promise her I'll get her a New Jersey if they trade him. She keeps on asking if they're going to, if the Hawks are going to try and trade for him, but not sure if he can, if they've got room for him and Trey maybe in a backcourt there. But, yeah, I like the way he turned around today, but I still wish he kept that 24, which is, you know, the number I love so much. Yeah, thanks, Robbie. Uh, and, and Benny, let's talk about your Rockets really quickly, right? Six and six. Actually, have we have the worst record out of these three teams, by the way, Robbie. So um, <laughs> they have been really impressive at home, but can't seem to win on the road, Benny. What kind of impact is Coach Aduka having on this roster? Uh, look, just, uh, I mean, quickly, I was I wanted to come on this podcast for ages. I just had to wait for my team to be somewhat respectable before we could do it, you know. Um, but And it would have been good to be on last week when we were in some good form. But, look, obviously... Um, Great, great impact. Like is like a, a grown up in the room. You see Jalen Green sit the whole fourth quarter yep. today, just because the mix on the court was really good. Um, and yeah, obviously, um, look, 
it's it's good to have that Australian connection as well. It's been uh, fun to watch. Like I know you mentioned that Atlanta's depth's really good. The one person who's not enjoying that, of course, Patty and uh, yes, Jock's sure. suffering similar for us. Yes. But uh, awesome to see Jay Tate back um, playing really well. Um, and you got to think of where we've come from, right? Yes, we've lost a few away games in a row, but for Houston to be competitive in three away games in a row That's is good. is yeah. is progress, right? Yeah. So um, it'll in time. I think we can still, you know, get. That's actually not as bad as you would think on a three-game skid. So long as they can uh, jag one of these on the road trip, I think that'll be a win. Yeah, look, um, yeah, that, that Sydney Kings connection with, with Jay Tate, awesome, man. Always great to see him doing well. Look, I want to talk about one guy, right? Alperen Sengun, the big Turk. He's averaging 21 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 to 6 a game. I knew he had talent, but he, these numbers are just ridiculous. Um, is, he, is he putting up a potential all-star case here? Uh, look, we'd want our record to still be yes. good. Look, he's defensively a lot better this year, and I don't know how much is that's himself or the coaching or the scheme, but, I mean, that stands at the moment as the one, the biggest mistake Sam Presti's made, I think, in recent times is in letting us get Alperen Sengun. So, um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm very biased. Like, you see what he did in Europe before getting drafted, and he was... I think my favourite prospect out of the prospects that we've had over the last few years, and yeah, he's just showing that now with some other, um, like Van Vliet, who can actually facilitate and play proper basketball in a scheme, and um, we're not getting fast port, um, uh, fast breaks against us and different things like that, so he can actually defensively do something, you know, because... That's not his strength as, as a general rule, but um, he's fun to watch, man. Baby Jokic, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I like the roster they've put together yeah. this year. Robbie and me was speaking about it earlier. I think they've done some made some good moves. Having an adult, like we spoke, uh, Fred Van Vliet, that, you know, to come and, and, and offer that experience in the locker room has been great. So let's just see how it plays out. All our three teams are like you know, just floating above water here. Um, all right, guys, sorry about that. My, uh, my dog Skittles is biting my toes, so <laughs> if she just came up on screen, I was just trying to get her out of it. Okay, so we are going to now do what is my favorite section of the show, right? Classic packs, all right? And uh, I always tell Robbie when we have guests on, you know, don't show off, you know, give the boys a chance to guess my clues. We, we know you're the man, right? Okay. I've got no chance. So he's in bad form lately though, right, Robbie? Oh, I, like, I, like the, um, I like this year. I do like this um, this vintage you've chosen here, man. I've, I think I've got quite a few Reggie Miller cards from 94, 95, I reckon. So. Yeah, the 94, 95 hoops um, by Skybox, right? So I should like 94 oh, okay. and 95 as a Rockets fan, but I think I was still Orlando at that time. So, you know, those were two great years for the Rockets. Oh, yeah. so I can claim him now, but I didn't get to enjoy him. <laughs> All right, awesome. So basically, I'll open it. I'll give a few clues, and you just chime in, guys, if you know who the player is, right? And this is a brand new pack. They're not open. Mm. So this pack has been in in here for like twenty years, right? Before it's been opened. All right, all right, all right. Actually, closer okay. to thirty, but yeah. Kansas City's finest. You know, Kansas University's finest, right? I love this guy. One of my favorite players. You know, power forward, um, was involved in a trade to the Atlanta Hawks. I'm not even going to say that. Made Robbie very unhappy. All right. Number 15, 
Not from either. Kansas, <laughs> Danny Manning. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's just ruin the vibe now. Right. Now I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> I can't stand that one. All right, this is a question oh, card. All right. We can see the bottom of the card, man. It's just a bullet right. card, man. Come on, man. Oh, you, wow. You're nearly 40 now. I can't really remember this set, actually. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember either. What is this set? It's so cool that people send these into you, man. Yeah. Thanks, Sydney Seeking. Yeah, I think cool. you send this I one like in, it. right? Um, all right, cool. We've got... Um, this is, what is this? All right. Forward from the Philadelphia 76ers, number 40. Um, and then on the back, it's got another player, number 40. Oh, no. He was previously at the Bullets, number 40. Part of that 93-94 NBA Chaney? draft, guys. I think Calvert Cheney, yes. yes. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> the encyclopedia. <laughs> nice. Okay, um, <laughs> this guy was a spark plug off the bench for the Golden State Warriors, number 22. I think he played for Milwaukee as well. Uh, very similar name to Boston Celtics legend. Same surname as Boston Celtics legend I'm talking about. Played for Milwaukee, I think. Number 22, guard. Don't uh, wait for me to try and answer, man. <laughs> Ricky Pierce. Ah, uh, Ricky Pierce, Ricky yeah. Pierce. The veteran. GC played for a few times. All right, leave this one. Leave, leave this one for Boydie. Boydie, you mentioned Ron Artest in the same breath as this man, who is an eccentric Carmen Electra. I'll throw that oh, name Dennis out there. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> It's, we've actually got nice one worth some money. Yeah, that's, good, that's a good Ooh. card. Oh, I like that one. That's yeah, that's nice. nice. I like that. It's gold. Spurs, Rodman. What is that? An insert? That's probably had his or... hair that color of gold. It, it's an insert. Yeah, it's the gold. I think it's just a late blue. I can't believe we got. A, I can't believe we got a card of a player's name we mentioned earlier. That's yeah. pretty <laughs> freaky. Yeah, it's just a. Yes, yeah, I've never seen this pack before. These packs before. All right. Um. Oh man. Okay, same surname as the starting point guard for the Charlotte Hornets right now, right? He's a forward center rookie from the Golden State Warriors, okay? The starting point guard, now the starting off guard, let's just say, who, who plays alongside Lamelo Bell, <laughs> Lamelo Ball, right? He, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a combo guard. Never seen a shot he doesn't like. His surname is? Rosio. Yep, so this guy's got the same surname from the Golden State Warriors. Terry oh, Clifford, no, Clifford Rosier. <laughs> oh, jeez. You know they're not great when there's a picture without their jersey on. That's just yeah, a warm-up. I mean, the warm-ups. <laughs> okay, number 35 from the Los Angeles Clippers. I think he was on this team with Tony Mazenberg and, and those guys. Your brother would know this guy. Um, not Lloyd Vaught? Lloyd Vaught. Straight out of Michigan. Yep. All right. Skittles. Uh, Skittles. Yes, I, can, yep. I know that one. Yeah, she's yeah. She's, okay. The Rifleman, one of the great three-point <laughs> oh, shooters of all time. Pacers legend. Yeah, I've shown his jersey on the show, haven't I? Is he San Antonio's first card? Chuck. Person. Big, big fan Person. of Chuck Person. Person. He was great. All right. Okay, guys, this one's for you. The first overall pick in the '94 '95 NBA draft. Known as Big Dog. 
Than that is Glenn Robinson. Robinson. That is Glenn Robinson. Skittles, Glenn Robinson. The second? Maybe <laughs> Glenn Robinson the second? I think it is. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, okay. Phoenix rookie. Um, I don't know much about this guy. He's a guard, Robbie, from the Suns. <laughs> what number? Um, number eight. He's got the same name as a Washington Wizards center who threw the ball up in the air like an idiot, and then uh, who got the catch? I think it was um, Toronto Raptors players caught that ball and shot the three. Who was that? Do you remember that incident? That was Mo Peterson, wasn't it? Mo Peterson shot the three, but who was the, 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 the idiot from the Washington team who threw the ball in the air thinking the game was over? We're talking about Michael Ruffin, and this is Trevor Ruffin. Oh, yeah? Trevor Ruffin, yeah, jeez. It's been a bad pack, man. It's not a, not a lot of big names <laughs> so far. Jeez, and Danny Manning to start it off. Oh, I know, that's Ooh, Houston Rockets. That. That's a Houston Rockets question card. It's before my time. Mm. As I said, I can't claim the... That's that a terrible logo, question by the way, wasn't it? It they doesn't have the answer, but it says, which Rockets had a rookie for the uh, rookie record for three-point field goals in a season? Matt Bullard. Or Matt Maloney. I don't know, that's... man. I've got to get Series 2 to find the answer. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> terrible pack, guys. Terrible pack. Really bad pack. Sorry, guys. Hey, Sorry Boydie, about thanks for it? getting one to, you know, at least <laughs> give us some pack. respect. That's it. Terrible pack. <laughs> terrible pack. Sorry, guys. I was hoping for better. All right, cool. Um, so it's been really great, guys. Thanks for chopping it up with us. Had a lot of fun. Robbie, maybe I'll throw over to you. Do your thing. Sounds good, mate. Well, that was a bit of a terrible pack of woods, but um, that was, it was good to see a new a new type mm. of cards. Anyway, we haven't done those ones. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to really thank everyone for tuning in. Um, please make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We can be followed on Twitter slash X at Throwbacks Hoops. Um, on Instagram, we're throwback.hoops. Um, of course, our email address, throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, if you wanted to uh, pledge us, our, uh, your support to us on Patreon, uh, we'd really appreciate A couple of dollars a month would really help us with the production and edit, editing and all the expenses that are associated with this show. But, um, yeah, I'll throw it back to you, Woods. Blokes, why don't you sort of let the audience know a little bit about where they can follow you, all that jazz. That's your joy. Oh, you you want anything else as well? Um, we're at bball underscore blokes on Twitter, or X, sorry. Um, basketball blokes on Facebook or www.basketballblokes.com. And that's it. All right. Any final thoughts, guys? <clears throat> Thanks for having us, guys. It's been really good. It's been really good to finally get on here and, um, and talk to different people. Otherwise, I, I still had to talk to Benny today, so that's not that great. But, yeah. um it was good to talk to you. Yeah, I was, yeah, vouch for that. Great not to have to sit next to Boydie uh, for a podcast for a change. So uh, uh, appreciate you having on, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. Robbie? Robbie? Uh, no, it was great fun, lads. Um, yeah, look, enjoy the, the NBL break this week. Um, it's going to be strange, isn't it? It's going to be strange sitting down and not having all the games to watch, maybe watch a little bit more NBA or you know catch up on some Netflix or something. But no, really appreciate having you, you on, guys, and getting to, to meet you for the first time. I know Woody's had the pleasure already, but um, hopefully we can do it again, again sometime. Yep, means a lot, guys. And Banksy, if you're listening, man, shout out to you. We're going to have to have you on next season. So from Robbie and I and the whole Throwback Hoops family, peace out till next week. 